You're listening to the More Than Lucky Podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie Lear, the luckiest girl in the world. This is a podcast for women who know it takes more than luck. We're going to chat about creating change, reaching goals, and the perspective that makes me feel so lucky. So let's go. More Than Lucky Podcast right here. Thank you so much for joining me. This is episode one. I'm so excited to be launching this new series. I've really been thinking a lot about innovation, innovating myself, and I wanted to create an opportunity to have conversations with other women who share that passion for personal growth, change, and evolution. So today we're getting started with a quick interview with moi. I thought it would, was so important to get started with myself. Let's dive in and talk about some gritty stuff. 2020 has been a wild ride. It's been challenging. It's also been exciting. I think a lot of great things have happened in my own life this year. I've experienced some wonderful relationships. I've gotten to know people better. I've gotten to know myself better. Um, And one of the big things that I'm thinking about right now, and it comes as a result of some personal reflection from a romantic relationship, I was just starting to ask myself a lot of questions about my own control issues and where I feel like I needed to let go. I needed to let things happen. I needed to let things flow. And so it's been a conversation in my head. And recently, I started also having the conversation with some other people around me, namely my coach, my fitness nutrition coach. And I was able to confess to her that I felt like I was really stuck in some cycles in my life. And I see that these routines that I'm stuck on might be hindering other parts of my life. And so it was really scary to admit this to her. It's something I'd thought about actually for a few months, but I felt like the change that I needed was going to sound a bit crazy to her given the nature of our relationship. So what am I talking about? I wanted to share some examples of how I micromanage myself. That was the conversation her and I had. And all of a sudden it all made sense to me when she labeled what I was describing to her as me micromanaging myself. I've certainly used the word micromanager to describe situations at work with my bosses or colleagues, but never in the relationship with myself. So I felt like this was a bit of a revelation. I've always known I had control issues, but in all honesty, it would have been hard for me to describe what those are to you. And so it came to my attention uh, that, it really presents itself in my life in a few different ways. So let me take you through this. For the past seven plus years, I have tracked my food intake. It started by doing Weight Watchers and evolved to a bit more of a personalized program with tracking my macros. So I've measured, I've tracked, I've weighed my food for about seven plus years. I do this intuitively. I can sit there on the couch and punch out exactly what I ate because it's such a habit. But the fact of the matter is this year I started realizing it's something that gives me anxiety. And I think where I was really confused was, was 
whether this was me being lazy and creating excuses or if there is something else going on. So a big example of where this gave me anxiety was when I was dating someone earlier this year and I wanted to be able to go spend time at his place. We were quarantining together and I was excited that we could spend time together because we both lived on our own. Him being a bachelor, his food situation was sketchy. And for me, that was something that I was so obsessed with and controlling in my life that it was hard for me to feel like I could relax and live the life that I want to live, whether it be at my house or his house. And so I got all wound up about it and distracted, and I wasn't able to enjoy that time together because my thoughts were distracted with this other issue I was, I guess, suffering from. I give myself such a hard time about it too because I've gotten amazing results from tracking my food. It has been an incredible tool. It has served me well. So don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that tracking your food and being careful about those decisions leads to control problems. But for me, it was just the place where it played out in my life. And then other things got twisted up into the spider web of my needing to control that. But there's also some other areas in my life where I can see that the control issues come up. Another one, especially in my personal relationships, is that I have a really hard time allowing me to change my mind. If I've made a certain decision or I've decided that something needs to be to a certain standard, I have a hard time changing my mind or admitting that to someone else. I remember years ago, a guy would just say, Stephanie, just do what you want. He knew that like, I wanted to say yes, but I felt like these standards and these rules I've created for myself were so much more important than me having fun in the moment. Oddly enough, what it doesn't affect is my day job, which is pretty wild considering that I'm an event planner. But I think the difference with that is that all of those controls are applied to other people or outside factors who don't necessarily have as much information as I do. So if you plan to have, let's say, a big chocolate cake at the event, nobody's expecting the chocolate cake, but it's really important. And then someone makes a mistake and a vanilla cake shows up. It might stress me out that I didn't get the chocolate cake that I want as an event planner, but all the attendees are only going to remember what an amazing vanilla cake they had. So as a professional, I can look at that and not be stressed out because I know everyone's going to love the vanilla cake. Whereas in my personal life, I know that I said I was going to have chocolate cake, so I have to have the chocolate cake, and I know chocolate cake is the best. Chocolate cake is going to give me the best results, so I have to have the chocolate cake, and if I don't have chocolate cake, I'm letting myself down, I'm terrible. And all sorts of negative messages come along with that. But in the truth, sometimes I want to plan to have chocolate cake, and if vanilla is what shows up, I'm happy with that too. And I don't know why it's so hard for me to admit that to myself. So when you're in these places and you've confronted that something is creating a roadblock for you in your life, the next step is always like, well, how do I deal with this? The biggest step, I think, for me dealing with this was having this conversation with my coach. And we made a game plan together that the way I needed to check in with her and what I needed to talk about with her needed to change. And the goals for me needed to focus more on my motivation and my happiness. 
So we took a big step together and decided that I was going to stop tracking all my food. I put away my food scale and that I was going to trust my intuition. I've been eating that way for years. So I know exactly what good balance for my body is. And I know when there's too much in one area. And so I have to trust myself. And within that, I can let go and I can enjoy myself by not feeling stressed that I need to have this much more protein or that fat, because that for me isn't going to help me meet my personal goals right now. Within that, I think a really important part of creating change in your life is talking about it with your friends or your family that you can have safe conversations with. I find that saying these things out loud, saying that I know I need to change this about myself, helps make it really real. More often than not, it's validating because people are encouraging. They'll share their thoughts about what they've thought about in their own life in that department, which is exactly what happened in this past weekend when I talked about it. Or people give you new ideas or new resources of things that you might get further inspired by. Ultimately, at this point, now that I've identified this thing going on in my life, I'm really excited to have change. I'm excited to take the steps to not be in this space anymore and to feel that I I can let go and that I'm still empowered and that I'm still in control even though I'm losing up. Part of it too is that I just don't want to feel so scared of the change that comes with relationships, which is something I really struggled with. And I think that's how some of my control issues come out. Where they're not making other people the victims of it, I'm becoming my own victim. And I'm not moving on to places or experiences that I want to have in life. And so I know that loosening up and letting go will help me evolve there naturally. And I think it's incredibly interesting when you're in good flow in your life. Earlier this evening, I was listening to the Malcolm Gladwell Revisionist History podcast. Adam Grant was interviewing him. And Adam Grant said something really fascinating. He was talking about how routines and cycles prevent innovation. And it was just like another one of those amazing light bulb moments for me that just sort of pointed me that I'm in the right direction. You're doing the right thing, Stephanie. And I really could see that by changing some of my habits and the cycles that I've been living in that have been healthy for other reasons at other times. By breaking out of those, I'm going to create innovation in my life and create really positive change. And so I'm really excited to be empowered with that. So in trying to break out of these cycles, doing something new is always important. So we're going to be right back with some tips about how you can relax. So I really thought it would be good for all of us to consider some new ideas and try something new this week as a little reset to see how we can relax our mind and our bodies. So I found a great resource, HealthLink British Columbia, and I thought they really made a good distinction that you need to relax the mind and relax the body. So I just want to share with you some of the ideas that they have here to relax the mind. Taking slow, deep breaths or try particular breathing exercises, you'll find ones that have particular counts that can really help reduce anxiety. Here in Canada, cannabis is legal. Um, Maybe it relaxes the mind too much sometimes, but I think it's a really good option. Or soaking in a warm bath or listening to soothing music. They also suggest practicing mindful meditation. 
And so the goal of mindful meditation is to focus your attention on things that are happening right now in the present moment. For example, listen to your broad, your body. Is your breathing fast, slow, deep, or shallow? Do you hear noises such as traffic or do you only hear silence? The idea is just to note what is happening without trying to change it. They also suggest writing. Some people say they feel more relaxed after writing about their feelings, so keeping a journal is a great option. Or using guided imagery. With guided imagery, you can imagine yourself in a certain setting that helps you feel calm and relaxed. Uh, they suggest they suggest audio tapes, so that's clearly out of date. But I know there's a lot of great podcasts or apps that you can get with these. For me, I always want to be on the beach. So what are some ideas to relax the body? So they do suggest yoga. I know right now a lot of fitness platforms are offering free classes. It's something I've actually been thinking about. Um, maybe that's something I'll try. They also suggest progressive muscle relaxation. This process involves tensing and relaxing each muscle group. Progressive muscle relaxation can reduce anxiety and muscle tension. So if you have trouble falling asleep, this method may also help you with your sleep problems. When you relax your muscles, your body gets the signal that it is okay to fall asleep. That's interesting because I've also noticed that if you ever do like a mindful meditation or a guided meditation, it often starts with that type of progressive muscle relaxation um, where they tell you to think in isolation of your different body parts, like relax your eyebrows, relax your eyelids, relax your cheeks, relax your nose. Um, and I find that really effective. They also suggest to take a walk or doing other activities. Um, for me, that's so important getting out each day because I've been lucky enough to work from home, but I am really intentional about getting out for a walk each day to relax or getting out on my bike if I can. They also suggest great things like getting a massage or having someone give you a back rub. That's a great idea. Use up those benefits before the end of the year. They also suggest having a warm drink that doesn't have alcohol or caffeine in it, like herbal tea or warm milk. Yeah, everybody does like that glass of wine at the end of the day, so let's just add that to the list. Anyway, so what are you going to do this week to relax? I think in the next week, I'm going to challenge myself to do some yoga. Um, and I've definitely been doing some writing lately, so I'm going to keep doing that because I do find that relaxing. Um, even if it's writing, doing prep for the podcast, I really enjoy it. So let me know. Hopefully you can challenge yourself to do something new to relax. I think it would be fun to hear from all of you and what you're doing. Uh, post on the Instagram or reach me by email, morethanluckypodcast at gmail.com. So that's it. That's me. That's our quick, beautiful episode today. So thank you for listening and thank you for making me feel so lucky.